Welcome to Backseat Confessions Podcast. Slide into the backseat as we listen to mostly anonymous strangers tell us stories from their lives. I'm a rideshare driver in Atlanta, and the people getting in my car have absolutely no idea I'm going to ask them to share. My commitment to you is to tell at least a snippet of virtually every story recorded in my car in the order they were told to me. My hope is that you laugh, cringe, cry, but mostly connect to these amazing people. You may find a piece of your own story or just feel more connected to the rest of us. Join us, won't you? So, hey, my new friend, this is an adult podcast. Themes and languages are Definitely not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Well, my lovelies, this is the first episode of the second half of season one. For those of you who love math, we are on the home stretch now. I hope you are enjoying this journey just a fraction as much as I am. Today's episode is a good one if you're looking for a laugh or even just for lighter feel good type of stories. As you know, I don't get to choose what order the stories are told to me or what the subject of those stories will be, but it's kind of cool that there are no real heavy stories today. Sometimes a smile and a chuckle are just the medicine we need to get through the day or for some, maybe even the next hour. So cheer up, Buttercup. Here's a little chicken soup for the soul, BCP style, coming your way. I really resonate with our first rider today. She gets completely knocked on her butt by life, but is in the process of starting over and rebuilding. I wonder how many others also feel like you were given some gifts from this whole COVID ordeal. How many of us actually have learned to appreciate at least some of the major rhythm of life changes we've experienced over the last couple of years? Story number 36. Wednesday, November 18th, 2020, 4 p.m. I'm a young girl from the Big Apple. <laughs> nice. And I'm decided to trade in my apple for a peach. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So um, I just want to tell my story. I just was living out in South Jersey in 32. I was working for a popular makeup company. Okay. And I happened to get hurt on a job. Um, I wasn't with the company that long, but I had really big dreams to grow with the company because I know I do offer a lot of opportunity. Mm -hmm. But long story short, um, I got hurt soon as I moved down to South Jersey. And being from New York, you know, the rent is so expensive. So all these years of me living in New York, I had a roommate for about seven years. Uh So now I finally decided to branch out and do my own thing and go down to South 
Jersey to get this nice big apartment, balcony, everything is just different from New York City. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I got out there, I got hurt on the job. So I've been out of work. As soon as I'm about to start paying this high rent by myself. Oh. No roommate to share anything. No expenses. So as soon as I got out there, I got hurt. The job was giving me a hard time. Hmm. I had to file a case against them. But so much drama was going on with that. Long story short, I had to pay all this rent by myself. Yeah. But... In the midst of all of that, I was able to work on myself and learn about myself and start realizing what are the dreams that I really want to do for myself. So in the process of all of that going on, I started building a closer relationship with God, working on myself, doing my healing, yeah. doing my meditation, learning things about myself that I didn't even know. Wow. So <clears throat> in the midst of that, my rent was due and I was so late on my rent and by the grace of God, this pandemic had hit. No, sorry, not in that type of way. <laughs> right, but, I know what you're saying. I know. But it killed time for me to be able to, like, figure out what I wanted to do without my landlord trying to kick me out mm-hmm. or anything because of the laws, because of the pandemic. Yep. And in the grace of God, because of this pandemic, God blessed me with the opportunity for me to leave and not have to pay rent for six months free. Wow. So I was able to Jeez. leave wow. no past payments I have to pay a zero balance and I was buying my rent for like six months so now I decided to come down here to the south and give everything a new try and see where God is leading me next that's really incredible wow um a couple of quick questions for you um tell me a little bit about your well let's talk about your healing first um if there's anything you want to share on that like tell me a little bit about you said you went through some healing um so a little bit more on that i am injured so i am currently like hurting physically but i know that the it's more than just the physical pain that i'm going through is emotionally mentally yeah so it's a lot going on so i realized that living in new york i don't really have time for myself i always was running to work have to get on a train have to be up at five o'clock in the morning yep. it was just so much of me giving to other people mm-hmm. that i wasn't focusing on things that i need to heal within myself yeah so i felt like that was God's way of slowing me down by me getting <laughs> injured right and being down in the south jersey beautiful apartment but he humbled me in the midst mm. of all of that that was going on so i was very grateful i started doing meditation started doing yoga wow. started listening to sound healing meditation yeah and i mean in the world that we live in they try to get you to seek outside yourself for everything else to get help mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that those things are wrong but it's other things that we need to learn about yep. ourselves before all this painkillers and yep. everything started they started giving us that type of stuff so i yep. started to go back to the natural things doing herbs drinking teas mm-hmm. spending time out in nature and that's one thing i enjoyed about being down here in georgia like i'm able to spend time out in nature it's be so around the trees the grass yes. it's not just about turning up and partying all the time because living <laughs> right. in new york you know that's everything is just always going 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 24 7 like yep. It's no chill time out there. So to be able to be able to be in a place where I can have a peace of mind and spend more time with myself is a blessing. That's huge. Uh, and then uh, tell me a little bit about the dreams. What what kind of dreams do, are fostering in you right now? So my dreams, my over. So I'm dropping a clothing line. Okay, that's amazing. So 
but I want to use my clothing line to promote love and healing for us to start focusing within ourselves and making ourselves hold within so we can attract attract what's truly for us you get mm-hmm. what i'm saying yep. so that's the type of clothing line i'm going for and i eventually want to open up a non-profit organization so that's another reason why i'm down here in uh, georgia i would like to open up a non-profit organization to help with the community and help people know learn more about the family structure how having a whole family structure is important mm-hmm. for us to be able to come out here in society and focus because when it's not right in the home when you come out here to focus in society everything is going to be screwed up because it starts within the house first so that's something that I want to start with my nonprofit organization to offer training parenting training Mm. um counseling talk about different things trauma that we go yeah. through as people in mm-hmm. the world like yep. we all going through things and it's not just about just one race it's we right. as people like yeah. Yeah. the human race yeah. so, so true. that's something that I would like to do that's my overall dreams and Gosh. goals to give back to the people and help us build each other up and not keep tearing each other down I love it man I'm so about it I love too that uh, like you said this pandemic which has been hard and and painful and all that stuff but that through all of that that you saw some really like wonderful things come from it and i think that's a big lesson for all of us yes thank you so much for sharing your story thank you there is so much to celebrate with our rider here she didn't let the bad circumstances hold her back she was even able to make use of the rent restrictions due to covid Uh, help set her up for a move to a completely different place. And so many people are becoming more aware of what it takes to live a more healthy lifestyle from a holistic point of view. This lady rocks and helps highlight the big kudos that go out to all the entrepreneurs who wanna have their products and brand help bring love and light to the world. So I want to tell you a little bit about the moments leading up to this uh, next rider story, uh, at least from my point of view, of course. Uh, The ride request took me into an apartment complex, but I drove all the way to the back and just didn't see anybody out there. Uh, So I slowly turned around and I was meandering, you know, slowly back down that long drive towards the front when I heard some pretty wild yelling. Now, here's the thing. This was one of those complexes that was right next to another complex. And uh, it was one of those where you might, um, how should I put it? Expect to hear some, you know, crazy yelling or other loud noises. So to be honest, I really didn't pay any attention. Then I happened to look in my rear view mirror and I see a large man hobbling towards me as fast as he could go, waving his arms and shouting. So I I did the math in my head and figured, oh, he must be the one that, you know, called for the ride. So I threw it in reverse and uh, got back to him. So he rips the door open, jumps in, he's out of breath and he's shouting, go, go, go. There's a man back there that may be trying to shoot me. And I was like, what? And of course, you know, handed him the mic to get the story. Uh, And also, (laughs) next time I uh, decide to jump off a balcony, remind me 
to like, you know, wear a cape or yell Geronimo or something cool. Story number 37. Saturday, November 21st, 2020, 1.13 a.m. Listen, so me, I am from Africa. I just, you know, I relocated to the U.S. and um, understanding the lifestyle here. Yeah. So today I went to a, I went to a lounge where I was with some friends and we went to, we were to get something to eat. Right. And I met this beautiful, very beautiful female, very beautiful girl, and we, I could call it vibe connect. Yeah, for sure. And um, she gave me a number, and we vibed, and we drank, and afterwards uh, we, we we communicated, and then she uh, invited me over to her house, whereby I'm coming from there right now as we're speaking. I had to jump a balcony. <laughs> Why'd you have to jump a balcony, did you? The reason I had to jump the balcony was because the man was coming in the front door. Oh, Jesus. I had to jump a balcony and all these fucking dogs that was in the house were like screaming on me. But then, <laughs> luckily you came to pick me up and you also <laughs> almost left me there. I was like, am I dying today? <laughs> I heard you yelling. I thought there was a drunk person out I, there. <laughs> that was the only, I had to yell. That was the last probably you could have heard me on the other side help me <laughs> take me away from here the balcony jumper oh uh, man so how high up is the balcony hopefully it's brother it's a second floor balcony oh, if really? second floor it's not easy i had to land on my knee you know i had some drinks and you know when you jump yep yeah <laughs> tipsy you know how it, it's you know how you land not so good and the worst part is that the, the, the dog the whole time was never barking and chasing after me because when I was doing what I should do as a man, yeah. the dog was great. But when the owner came, the dog was like, get out of this motherfucker. <laughs> Even the dog was making it harder for me to jump from that or made it more easier. Oh, man. So thank you very much for picking me up, man. Absolutely. That's my story for the day. Yeah, absolutely. And you, So you are literally in the middle of your business with this lovely lady when you heard the pounding on the door i wasn't done i was in the middle of uh, like us men we say the second heat second okay second round yep and i was just getting it man, oh, man. then i hear a knock bah, 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 baby open the door <laughs> like which baby are you calling <laughs> oh my gosh and you just had, and you had no idea this was coming I had no idea. You know, if a female invites you to a house, I right. think that sometimes they know what they're doing, but... Not, not this one. This one probably knew what she was doing, but man, oh man. Well, I'm glad you survived the night. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. This is honestly one of my favorite genres of stories. Horny guys getting invited over to a sexy lady's house. Only to be rudely interrupted by the partner of said lady suddenly and forcefully returning home while they are in the middle of doing the do. Also, just in case you think our hero here learned his lesson, um, while he was telling us about his very fresh adventures, he was literally having me bring him back to the same club to try his luck again. I guess the pull of a beautiful woman is just too hard to resist.
So our next rider was only going for a, a really short ride and I was picking her up from her place of employment. She was a bartender. I can only imagine that bartenders just have the best stories. And this one was short and it was, it was actually, she told it so delightfully that at first, truly, I really thought she was telling me a joke. Oh, and hey, if we're gonna get into a serious relationship, me and you, I am gonna need a broad that actually obeys what I tell her to do, okay? Story number 38. Sunday, November 22nd, 2020, 12.56 a.m. Okay, so this one's called, I told you not to order spaghetti. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a bartender, right? And I asked my, I asked one of my regulars one day, I was like, what was the worst date you've ever been on? And so he told me, he's like, one time, like I'd been crushing on this girl for like a year, right? And he's like, I finally worked up the courage to ask her out. And I was, I was, took her to this nice Italian spot and I asked her, have you ever had like real Italian food? She was like, you know, I've had like the basics like spaghetti. He said, okay, whatever you do, don't order the spaghetti. He's like, you can order anything on this menu. Uh, yeah. Don't order the spaghetti. Yeah, like try something new. He's like, guess what she did? I said, she didn't. He said, she ordered spaghetti. I was like, okay. He was like, I just want to try something new. So she, he went to go drop her off. They had a great date, bottle of wine, great conversation. So he went to go drop her off, and she was like, oh, do you want to come up for a nightcap? He goes, no. And she was like, what? I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> He's like, I told you not to order spaghetti. And she was confused. He said, if you don't listen to me now, you're never going to listen to me. I was like, what? And he said, and she got out of my car. I never saw her again. Wait, this is like a real story? It's a real story. Oh, I was—I thought this was going to be a joke. No, it's a real story. Savage oh. mode. So not five oh. seconds later, another one of my regulars came up and he was like, hey, um, do you guys have any, like, can I get some tomatoes? He's like, I'm making spaghetti for dinner. I was like, oh my God, do not tell him that. Wait, that's that's also real? That's a real story. I love that so much. Like, wow, that's amazing. Um, I don't even know what to say. That's fabulous. I'm sure the ladies are going to love that story, right? Uh, not, <laughs> no. Maybe not the ones that are dating him. Okay, so her storytelling skills are on point. And what a perfect little story. And before we judge this knuckle-dragger too harshly... I will say, in my opinion anyways, that if it had been about a woman that had wanted a man to take care of her or something more old school gender normative, we probably would have been just fine with that. And hey, he knows what he wants. <laughs> also, you have to love that the second this guy wraps his story about telling his date not to order spaghetti, Another customer walks by and asks if she's going to be putting spaghetti on the menu that night. I mean, what are the chances? The universe, my friend, is a funny place. So, speaking of great comedic storytellers, our next writer, she just has the knack. And she gives us two of them back to back. Ooh. That rhymes. Anywho, have you ever felt like your life is a series of mishaps and that if you didn't have bad luck, you probably wouldn't have any luck at all? If so, 
then this young lady may just be your patron saint. Story number 39. Sunday, November 22nd, 2020, 3.44 a.m. Alright, so my story is about the time that when I was a sophomore in high school, the ripe age of 16, I thought it was a good idea to sneak out. And my friend, her boyfriend lived like a mile on the road, so we walked to his house, you know, good vibes, I was not there for anything else but to hang out, be a supporter, whatever. We snuck in his house via a window because he, his parents had this mansion and they had like alarms on, whatever. Right. So we got in through a window via a little stepladder. When we decided to leave, like, 5 in the morning, uh-huh. we had watched, like, Ocean's Eleven or some shit. Like, nothing serious. You know, we literally were as innocent as it could be. Right. The ladder had fallen. And Uh-oh. so I was like, fuck it. I'll jump. No, no, and no. And I jumped, not knowing that, okay, so the grass below, it was ivy over concrete. I jumped. It was a good 12 feet. I broke my tibia, my fibula, shattered my kneecap. I walked a mile home because I didn't want to tell my parents what I did. So I rolled down the driveway sideways, holding my knee. My knee is the size of a basketball by the time I got home. Went to my parents' room. I showed my dad my knee, and my dad said, you bruised it. And I said, you "You should should turn the the light on. And he turned the light on, and he said, fuck. (laughs) He's like, we're going to the hospital. (laughs) Put me in the car. Got to the hospital. I continued my lie. I said I fell on the stairs. That was right. my that was my thing. Right, right. And they saw my knee and they were like, "Honey, this was like a this is worse than Kevin Ware. What the fuck did you do?" Right. And I was like, "I fell on the stairs." And they're like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> so then I had to get surgery. It was like a 9-hour ordeal. They gave me an epidural. Ooh. Was that Put enjoyable? Under. It felt fucking great. Yeah, like, but it, I didn't feel shit for right. days. Um, but I woke up with mashed potatoes in my lap and a catheter in, and I just knew, I knew shit went down. That's right. Yeah, and my leg was in a hammock, and I was like, fuck. And my parents texted me, and they're like, we love you, but we can't look at you for like two days. Oh <laughs> and I was like, damn it, they know. And so, basically. Their, their imaginations at this point are going wild, I'm sure. Yeah, they were like, you're a dirty whore. And I was like, I didn't do anything. I was like, along for the ride. And so I was literally oh, just, like, no. along for the ride. Like, I was oh. like, damn, I need to make new friends. Right. And so my friend, like, uh, crushed our vertebrae, but she was fine. All she had to do was wear a brace for, like, two weeks. Oh. And I had to learn how to walk again. Oh, my God. So I was like, fuck y'all. Like, I literally went through the fucking ringer with that. And <laughs> then I went to school, and everyone was, like, making fun of me. And I remember one time I got my brace off, and I was, like, still having to, like, hop around kind of. Right. And I I heard some guy say, why is she uh, using crutches if she doesn't have a cast? And I got ignited. And I was like, fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! I was like, I'm hurt! I'm injured! I was like, I'm still unwell! I walked out of a building. It set me off. I was like, no! No! Oh my god! I was like, I can't walk. I mean, life's tough. You're, you're just trying to hang out with some friends and watch Ocean's Eleven or whatever, and you end up falling out of a window and breaking a bunch of stuff, and then your parents accuse you of being a teenage whore. Not fair. Her next story, though, takes us to one of my passions, the delightful justice system, or more accurately, injustice system. 
And I know in the grand scheme of things, this isn't a big deal, but I would be pissed if this had happened to my daughter. And then, you know, after all that went into wraps, I had a, another incident. Uh-oh, really? As we could say. Okay. Yeah, so um, let's say, okay, this was my junior year, and I was, okay, I'm young for my grade, so I was like 16 when everyone else was like 17, whatever. We're taking the ACT. I had the ACT the next day, and we were going to a party, and I was like, I'm not going to go. I got to, you know, do the ACT, got to get into college, and I dropped I went to beer off at a friend's house to give to the guys, and I remember we were in the driveway dropping it off, and I heard a bunch of voices turn around. It's cops. No. And I got arrested for an MIP, but it's not your normal MIP. When I say MIP, I mean I got taken to jail. I got strip searched. I no. got cavity searched. No, I had to no, squat no, no, no. and cough. No. no yeah. For, for holding a closed natty light at the age of 16. <laughs> and my dad was like, are you fucking kidding me that my daughter's going to jail right now? And they're like, yeah, she's holding a beer. She was accused. And he's like, you're accused. Oh, my God. So they don't remember rights. It didn't rights. stand, did it? The, no. Well, okay. so they didn't remember rights. And I said, y'all don't remember rights to me. Like, this does not count. And they said, well, you're 16. You don't know shit. And I said, well, you don't know shit. And I was like, I know what I'm talking about. And uh, this is not going to hold up. And it ended up not holding up. Good. And my dad could have sued for $2 million, but did not. Wow. Wow. Which he should have because I could have been rich right now. Right. But I'm fucking poor and, like, <laughs> doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So, fuck that. But, hell, we were almost rich because I got harassed via the cops <laughs> and I'm white so what the hell happens to people that aren't you know well, oh yeah, fucked up shit they're really screwed literally <laughs> but it was a good time not really but yeah. they did in fact take my shoelaces because they were like we thought she might kill herself and I was like, like if you thought I was gonna kill myself <laughs> yes. for one night in prison you're confused like I can do one night I'm not gonna kill myself for one night like oh my, God. my dad was so like extra. she was not about literally to kill herself so extra. Like, uh, I was wait. like, honey, I just want my jewelry back. You took all my shit from me. I was like, I want my jewelry, not my shoelaces. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think the, the, the lesson in life for you is you cannot get away with anything. No, my dad's always told me no. I have the worst luck yeah, ever. Yeah. It's so true. I'm yeah. literally like the leprechaun of bad luck. Like, <laughs> my dad's like, you're the common denominator in all bad situations. And it's so true. Like, if you're around me, Please. be worried. <laughs> be worried. See, a cop car goes by right now. <laughs> It's just like a thing. Uh, it's a thing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. You're an incredible storyteller, by the way. I hope thank you, you. Yeah, you do something with that. That's amazing. So there you go. And I really try not to make cops the bad guys because I know there are many, many good ones out there. And let's face it, they are at the proverbial bottom of the proverbial justice totem pole. But the sobering truth is, like she so eloquently mentioned, thank God she was a white girl with a dad that knew how to work the system. If she had been poor and of color and not white with connections, this could have been a tragic turning point in her life. She very well might have been swept up into an alternate universe that ends up dooming so many young people to dealing with this destructive justice system for the rest of their lives. Not cool. Our next writer tells a classic 
first time you make your own edible story. Overall, it's nothing too crazy, but we do get to hear her use the term Ripper Magood. And for some reason, that just makes me inordinately happy. Story number 40. Sunday, November 22nd, 2020, 3.52 a.m. So on uh, one time, you know, I used to sh- joke some schmied, okay. if you get what I'm saying. I do, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> 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 may or may not be Sorry a Sorry for my wheeze there. It probably doesn't sound that good on, on uh, sound there. But um, anyway, um, one time, this is actually the first time okay. I had ever eaten an edible oh, wow. yeah, by yeah. myself that I, like, made. Like, one that I had made for myself. Okay. So... I'd done it maybe once or twice, you know, nothing big, nothing too crazy. Right. Nothing the kids aren't doing. Right, right. So. Or at least the cool kids. Exactly. So um, what ended up happening is I was like, you know, like I had one of my friends was coming into town. This one was in college. Yeah. Um, and I was actually at home. We were on break. Okay. So one of my friends from college was going to come visit. So what ended up happening is. We got down there, right? And she had come to my house and everything. And I was like, you know, like, I got to do something special for her. So, um, is this person, but I'm not going to say who it is no, for no, confidentiality. Don't. Yeah. So, um, she comes over to my house and I was like, surprise, bitch. I made you some brownies. <laughs> and she's like, ooh, what kind? And I'm like, you know, just a little extra love. They're special, special <laughs> brownies. So, I clearly do not know how to make weed butter or anything <laughs> because I just put way too much and I'm talking like a little nibble it's just no you know, we had been like one hour like one an hour and a half like nothing had really happened so we're like all right like we gotta make dinner like shit we're gonna be around my parents like so much it's unavoidable like this is our first night here so like of course we're gonna eat dinner like at my house like be close to home like whatever you know she just traveled so Literally, like, we're in the middle of making dinner, and we're just, like, absolutely ripper magood. It is not good. <laughs> not good. Like, SOS, send the SWAT. We are done. So, I mean, I'm over there cooking Parmesan-crusted chicken. Like, Ooh. of all things. So, my nice. God. And I just remember looking over at her, and she's already looking at me. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so high. And it was the worst, quite literally the worst experience I've ever had. And I have not taken an edible since. And that was like <laughs> probably two years ago. Nice. That scared you off. Yeah, literally. I mean, how could it not? My parents, like, I don't know how they knew, didn't know. We 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 made all that food with them. We were around the whole time. We were so high. I couldn't even keep my eyes open. <laughs> and our contacts. So, like, you know, that shit gets, that gets hard. You know, like, they get dry. So, like, I just couldn't even keep my eyes open. Oh, man. And we had to eat dinner with them. Like, we sat at the table and, like, we dimmed the light a little <laughs> to try and make it better. <laughs> and that's... it was just so bad. Yeah. And so we went upstairs and after that. And, I mean, we were just like, holy shit. And, like, there's no way. They didn't know. And, Finally. I mean, anyway, so that's the first that's... time I ever made my own edible. You made your own edible. And the last, it sounds like. And the last. Wow, I like I've that. I've never done it again. So, at the end of the day, no harm, no foul. The parentals didn't know, you felt like the walls were closing in on you, 
And you were able to give your friend a home-cooked meal and bonus round and experience. Overall, a win, I dare say. Normally so far in this season, I've kept it to five stories per episode, but I just couldn't resist wrapping up today with a final story from our former friend who I dubbed the patron saint of mishaps. There is a moment in this story that I believe could absolutely be turned into a scene in a movie. Kinda like the scene in the movie Hangover where one of the characters wakes up and it's like absolute chaos in the hotel room. And there's like this chicken walking around and Mike Tyson's tiger trapped in the bathroom. So, so great. And uh, side note, there's something odd going on in Florida. I mean, Florida man, need I say more? Story number 41, Sunday, November 22nd, 2020, 3.58 AM. So one time, okay, I used to smoke a bunch of weed back when I was a sophomore in college when right. I could handle things. Right. We used to literally smoke out of a Milo's tea bottle. We lit it like literally. a Jeep style in the bathtub because nothing else would hold it. Right. Like I could handle things with my lungs. Then comes junior year, I kind of stopped. And so we were on spring break and I was like, I'm going to get back at it. And I hit two normal sized jeeves in a row i remember i was hanging my head out of the window of the car about to fucking die and i wake up like i remember i was like okay a bunch of our guy friends were staying in a motel right and i vaguely recall being in the bathroom in the motel hotel room whatever right. the fuck you want to call it and i hit my head on the sink and shit got fuzzy Oh. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to die in this bathroom. <laughs> My parents are going to think I did heroin and passed away because I'm in Florida. I'm in a bathroom, you know, like in a motel. You're in Florida. And like basically it just seems like a heroin recipe. It just looks bad. And so I just knew it was going to be terrible. And then the next morning I woke up very unwell. But I walk out of the bathroom and everybody was face down on the bed so i was like all right i got gang banged <laughs> and then i realized it was all these guys that i knew but they were just face down in the bed so i didn't recognize the back of their heads and i actually knew them all and they were like you're good like we know you and i was like oh shit like my friends my phone was on one percent so i called my friend to come get me and she's like Oh yeah, I was hung up with this guy in the car. Like I'm coming to get you, and I was like, "Bitch, you left me in this motel room to go have sex. Like the fuck is wrong with you?" So I spent the night in a chair, and I was very unhappy. And I had like a goose egg on my head because I was abandoned in a bathroom, thinking I died from heroin. When in reality, all I did was smoke a jeeb, <laughs> and I was so triggered. And I've never been back to Florida since then, and I hate it. Yeah, and I've from Florida. never been to a motel again, which I don't know why I was there in the first place because ew. Yeah. But like that was some nasty ass college. I lived, and yeah. here we are. And you're fabulous. And we're in Atlanta. We're not yes. in like no. you know. Yeah. We're not in the. Siesta Key Ghetto, which is where I was, but it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's fine. Your stories are amazing, and I love how you go through life. You're an inspiration. It's a tragedy. Well, this is the kind of misadventure we could all hope for. You worry that you're going to die in a motel bathroom in Florida from a heroin overdose, but turns out it was just too much reefer. Then 
You suspect some guys may have run a train on you, but they end up just being some passed out, face down, drunk friends. Since all the stories this week happen to be on the lighter side, I hope that if you're feeling a little blue or gloomy, or maybe even anxious or depressed, that you would let this episode just lift your spirits a little bit. Let it let it wash some funny and some some positivity over you. I know that when I'm in a good headspace, it truly changes the way all my day goes. So that is what I'm hoping for all of you. May you go through this week just a little bit lighter, chuckling to yourself at the craziness our fellow humans get themselves into. And may light, love, and laughter touch the darkest place in your soul. This is what happens when you are a rideshare driver in Atlanta and ask people for their stories. These weren't handpicked people with great stories. They just happened to get in my car and be gracious enough to share with all of us. And who knows, maybe someday you'll be in Atlanta and need to grab a rideshare and end up telling the rest of us the next great story on BCP. I'd actually encourage you to, every so often, just ask a stranger to share a story from their life. You never know what you might learn. I believe that our stories are powerful. They can make you laugh, cringe, cry, or even get you to think or feel differently. Our stories can truly make this world a little bit better place. So please, Subscribe, rate, and listen to this podcast and share it with as many adults as possible. It would mean so, so much to me. First and foremost, I want to thank the incredible writers who trusted me with your stories. You're my heroes. Thanks also to all the people in the background who have believed in this project slash dream. All of the music on this podcast was found on pixabay.com and it was free, which is an amazing gift when you're starting a podcast on a shoestring budget. <laughs>